0: brother Gavin come here a minute just for a second and brother Philip y'all we got a living example of discipleship up here I want I ain't gonna let this get away you know every one of us should have a Paul in our life that we're looking to as a mentor you never get too old to have a mentor if you don't have one that you you're not gonna learn much more with Jesus and brother Philip invested in this brother one day and was his teacher his professor And taught him what he knew about music. And Gavin is his student now. And he's teaching him, training him. And today, Brother Josh got sick. So, Brother Josh, you better watch out. God can replace you. He don't need none of us. Because he's always got someone investing in someone else to be a disciple. To do his work here on earth. And I want to just commend, Brother, for what you've done. And, Brother, I hear you playing at your church, too. Amen. Now that's how it works. Amen. We just invest, and God uses us. All right, now that I've embarrassed y'all a little bit, y'all go ahead. But well, God bless you, but thank God for Mr. Philip. I have come to learn and love him. He loves the Lord, and Jonathan thinks a lot of him. And Gavin, we're thankful that you were able to come play with us today. You know, as we gather here this morning, um, today, I hope you got your Bible. I want to ask you to turn back with me where we've been for the last few weeks, looking at the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, but we actually are going to preach this morning out of Matthew 22. But I want us to pull something out of the Great Commission that we usually, as we don't focus, we don't bring it to the attention that it needs. And we look at it and we, 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 we focus on the go therefore and make disciples. And as Southern Baptists being Baptists, we big on baptizing, so we love to say baptize them in the name of Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. But we tend to totally forget verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Not some things, not most things, all things. You ever thought about how many commandments are there? I wonder what all Jesus, as we was to look at the things he's commanded us to do. I don't know how many there is, and I don't know which one, you know, was the last one before here, but I can tell you this, this was his last commandment. The last thing Jesus told us before he went to be back with the Father, before he ascended to go back to his throne of glory, to sit at his place where all authority has been given to him on heaven and earth. In the book of Acts, it says that he told us, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the next verse says, now when he had spoken these words, while they watched, Jesus was taken up and a cloud received him into his sight. That's the last thing he said on this earth. And until he comes back, that's the last thing he'll ever say on this earth. In Mark's gospel, it says, and Jesus said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature note he said all the world and preach the gospel to every creature every time I read that I think about brother Lynn Martin he was a great old preacher over at Ben's Ford Baptist Church over in Bugalusa Louisiana been there 38 years I think when I first met him and he was telling the story when he first surrendered to preach God wasn't giving him nowhere to preach and he had an old bulldog that rode around the back of his church truck I mean and he said he dropped that old truck out in the middle of them pine and out there and He preached that old bulldog. He said, that old bulldog look at him and just kind of snarl his lip. He said, things ain't changed. (laughs) (laughs) But it says to preach it to every creature. But you ever looked at the next verse, the last verse of that? So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. And he sat down on the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed their word with the company and signs. Friends, I'm here to tell you today that the last commandment Jesus gave us was to go and share the good news. To preach his gospel. And the Bible says that it is a trustful statement worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And Paul said, who I am chief. Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And here we are, the body of Christ, His representation, His ambassadors like we looked at last week. And if we're honest, that's one of the last things most of us obey and do. And that verse right there says, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And Jesus, one of the first things I see he would do is when he met someone who believed in him, he'd say, come follow me. So my question is, that's something he's commanded us to do. Are you following Jesus? And if you've embraced that commandment and you are following him, he said, I will make you. And what did he say he would make us? A fisher of men. There's many commandments that Jesus gave. But you know I can tell you I don't know how many. But I can tell you which one's the greatest and which one he himself said is the first of all commandments. And you know until you do this one you're not likely going to carry out this one. No one's going to follow Jesus who you don't love. No one's going to share the gospel to a sinner who you don't love. And Jesus was asked by a religious man, a Pharisee, a scribe, a, a professor of the seminary in their day in chapter 22. What is the greatest commandment? You would think the greatest commandment would be to tell people how to get saved. To tell people how to be forgiven of your sins and be reconciled with God so you don't have to go to hell and you can go to heaven. But Jesus said that's not the greatest Because you see, you'll never be a soul winner. You'll never care about souls. You'll never have a burden for lost people until you love God the way God says you're supposed to love Him. With all your heart. With all your soul. With all your strength. Until you love the second commandment, which is much like it, till you love others as you love yourself. If you look right here in chapter 22... The Bible says that they hooked to him in verse 36 of chapter 22. And he says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And look what he said. This is the first and the great commandment. Before we do anything else for Jesus, we got to build a relationship with him to where we love him. You see, vertically... The first thing you got to do if you're going to ever win someone to Jesus is you got to look to God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love Him. You know, love, you can't make love happen, but you can nurture love. You can help love. And friends, listen, He says, but not only that, a second one is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, on these two commandments, hang all the other commandments, you could say. He said, all the law and all the prophets. What he's saying is, the whole word of God hangs. Because in their day, that was the word of God, the law and the prophets. That's the Old Testament. But the whole Bible hangs on how we love God and how we love others. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And you know, today as we look at this, he says, as we look to God, the first thing we need to do is we need to love God with all our heart. You know, it's easy for us to say, oh, I love God and sing and say, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus. But that little song teaches us the truth. You can't love God till you figure out God loves you. Because he first loved me. The greatest example of love ever shown upon earth is God's gift of salvation. He gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he so loved the world that he didn't want us to perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's no greater thing you can do to show God that you love him than to look at lost people around you and make an effort to share his greatest gift, the gift of his son dying on an old rugged cross for sinners so that we can be forgiven and saved and there's nothing better you can ever do for your fellow human being as you look to God thank you Lord for saving me oh God I praise your holy name for you forgiving me thank you for your mercy and your grace oh God that should be and Lord I'm so thankful That I have received this great gift that I just got to give it to somebody. And the greatest thing you'll ever do is as you look around you. For your fellow man, it's wonderful to make a meal, help them. But nothing man needs more than to know how to be saved and forgiven and to be reconciled with their God. That's why he said last week as we looked, we're ambassadors for Christ. It's as if God is pleading through us, be reconciled to God on Christ's behalf. Jesus loved us enough that he gave his life. And we should love him enough that that love that God showed us should compel us. That if he died for us, we should die for him. And now we should live for him by serving him. And guys, being a soul winner is what he said you would be if you follow him. So I asked the question, how can we all be following him when so few of us participate in the soul-winning effort? I'm not here to condemn, but I am here to analyze, to examine. It's my job. The word of God cuts, don't it? (laughs) And the Bible says that if you follow Jesus, you're going to be a fisher of men. And Jesus also said it is enough for a disciple that he be as his teacher. And when I look at Jesus, it says that Jesus had compassion for the multitudes. To the point that when he seen them, he felt sorry for them. He had compassion because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. And they were wandering without anyone to lead them to the way. And he came to show us that I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And that nobody can come through me. But the good news is that everybody can come through him to the Father and be saved. But guys, no one is going to come to the Lord unless someone loves the Lord enough to take the good news that we've been saved by his grace that saved us and give it away to somebody else. You know, if you turn with me from here to the book of John, we're going to do a little turning, and I didn't want to get bound to an outline on a screen today. I want the Spirit to lead us. So I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John to the 15th chapter. And I want you to see what Jesus is saying. Now, remember, the 15th chapter. It's about middle ways of Jesus' walk from the upper room the night of his betrayal. They had been in the upper room. They had had the last supper. Um, Judah had, Judas had just betrayed him and gone to do his evil deed. Jesus knew that he would be going to the cross, that he was leaving to go back to the Father. And as he left that upper room, he's walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is his last conversation with his beloved disciples. He's moments away from the cross. And he tells them in the midst of many great teachings, but I want to pull something out here about abiding in his love, the importance of abiding in his love. Look at what he says in verse 9 of chapter 15. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Just as the Father loved Jesus, Jesus came here and he loved us. Guess what? Just as he's loved you, he expects you to go and love everybody else. That's what the world needs to see. And he says right there, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then in verse 12, he says, this is my commandment. (laughs) That you love one another just as I have loved you. And how much did he love us? He died for us. He left heaven. He left the throne room and the place of glory and humbled himself and became a man. And took on sin and walked within us and became one of us. And at the end, he humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross. Therefore, the Father says, has glorified him and given him the name above every name. That one day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. That Jesus Christ is Lord. May I tell you, there's nothing you can ever show God how much you love him is when you sacrifice your will for others. And that's what Jesus did. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Friends, when people come to church, they need to see people in love with Jesus. Not sports, not any other thing that comes up on Sunday, but that I love God so much that when he gathers his people, I'm going to be with them. You know, we can say we, things just happen to be appointed on Sunday. No, they don't just happen. You choose to appoint things on Sunday. And Sunday is the Lord's Day, the celebration of the greatest thing he ever did. He rose from the dead in victory for us so that he could live and be in us and send his spirit so that he could go and save a dying, hell-bound world. And you don't come here to get saved. You come here to get prepared. You come here to get trained, to get equipped, to get filled, to get what you need to bring home to those who don't have him. And we come, and we should be today celebrating Jesus, even in the midst of what happened to my dear brother Charlie, in the midst of all that heartbreak, in the midst of all those tears. There's joy, my friend, because Jesus lives we can face tomorrow. But I want to tell you something. We can have joy in Charlie because what I heard is Charlie was... We were so close to the Lord, we were seeking Him. We were doing Bible studies together, and Charlie was talking to me. We was talking about possibly Charlie seeking the Lord to be a deacon and mentioning and praying, and Charlie, thank God, was someone who was coming to the Lord. But if you look around everywhere, there's people who are in the business of going away from God. And it's one thing to stand with a family when they're, loved one walked with Jesus and loved Jesus and showed abundant fruit that Jesus abided in him and because of that he abided in Jesus but you ought to be with me when you have to stand in those rooms and there is no Jesus there is no hope guys if this doesn't burden us as a church to be soul winners to be equipped To ask God to give us a burden for the lost, I don't know what will. And I have to believe God is in control of all things. And as sad as this is about Brother Charlie, the greatest thing we'd ever do for Brother Charlie is go tell others about his Jesus. Because I'm here to tell you there's multitudes out there who don't know him. Jesus said the problem is not that the harvest is not plentiful, but that the laborers are few. And it breaks my heart to see the condition of many of the homes that I go to and many of the people that I even minister to, much less those who don't know Jesus. But you see, when they come, not only do they need to see people who are in love with Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but wasn't it awesome worship today? I learned something new. Just think when you learn everything in church, brother, I learned a new thing. How many of you know who Mark Rody is? Mark Rody is over the men of courage. How many of you heard of men of courage? Sure, you've heard of that. Mark Rody is a brother in the Lord that has got a heart for the lost people and to see men be leaders and men of God and to have courage to stand up for Jesus. He's an awesome man of God. And I always follow him and I look at him and he came up with something. They, they had something happen and he was praising God about it. He said, Praise the <laughs> That was a praise the today, brother. That, that song. No matter what we go through, no matter how bad it is, because Jesus is sovereign and he is God. He's in charge. Amen. And so I don't know why things happen sometimes the way they do. But I know he's promised me that for those of us who love him, love him and who are called according to his purpose, he works not some things, not most things, all things together for good may not be your immediate good, but it may be your neighbors. It may be the ones watching us. And when people come here, they need to see people excited about Jesus, not music. Excited about Jesus, not a preacher. Excited about Jesus, not a church. But excited because Jesus saved them. And Jesus lives in them. And Jesus is their hope. See, there's people in the church today that don't have that. And so we need to show them by vertically loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our spirit, not just with our lips, but from our heart. Jesus said that these people, <laughs> he said, they, they worship me with their lips and they honor me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. And in vain do they worship me. You see, if you're in love with Jesus, that love's going to compel you to follow him. To let him teach you his commandments. And as you grow and you learn, he's going to teach you how to love. But see, not only do they come when they come to church need to see us in love with Jesus, they need to see us in love with one another. A love that doesn't base that they do what you like and they act like you like. And, but a love is you love them because God gave them life. <laughs> See, we don't always love people the way God loved us, and that's what he said. Greater love has no one than this, didn't lay down one's life for his friends. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Turn with me to Romans, and I want you to see what Paul tells us about love. Romans chapter 14. I'm sorry, Romans 12. And the first thing that the apostle Paul tells us in verse 9 of chapter 12 is let love be without hypocrisy. Let our love be real. <laughs> Not just a, something that comes from your lips. How many of you have been told somebody loved you and to find out they didn't really mean it? You see what I like about love? Someone who loves you like a brother. And look at what he says right there verse 10 the next verse be kindly affectionate to one another with what kind of love brotherly love home folk love but friends listen to this someone who loves you like a brother loves you when everyone else walking out of your life he's coming into your life to home help you to say I know you messed up I know everybody else turned on you but I'm here with you brother you ain't the first one you ain't the last We're going to get through this. But you know, in the Baptist church, you know what we're known for? We just put our wounded out of misery. (laughs) People won't come to an altar because they're scared what other people who would never come to an altar would think about them if they did. They must have problems. Wonder what's going on in their life. Oh, he's up there crying with the preacher. When you ought to be up here with him, helping the preacher pray for him. That's why the church don't draw lost people. You can get criticized. You can get looked down on anywhere. But at the church, no matter what, this ought to be a place where you know you're going to be loved unconditionally. You're going to be accepted. And look at what he says right there. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. See, that's just what Jesus did. He gave preference to us. That's how he loved us. We should look at people who are hurting, people who are going through troubles, people who have problems, not as a nuisance, but as an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to. He says that we're to do it with diligence. Look at what he says in verse 11, not lacking in diligence. Diligence means we're hard after it. (laughs) Man, I'm going to make an extra effort to love him. And friends, when we would do that, That's what serving the Lord is, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. When you look at what Paul said to the church in Philippi, look at what Paul said to them. In the opening of Paul's letter to the church of Philippi, in verse 8 of chapter 1, Paul says, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Paul said, God is my witness, How greatly I long to be with you, to see you, to hang out with you, to be able to be in your presence with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge of God. Friends, no one will ever win anyone to Jesus much less even make an effort when you don't love God first and love your fellow man the same way you love yourself. I don't get to tell everybody what I think. Sometimes I want to. Wish I could give him a peace of my mind. God said, no, you just keep telling him I love him. You just keep treating him the way I treat you. And then sometimes I won't want to tell him nothing. I mean, I don't want to go tell him God and say, no. You go over there and speak to them in truth and love. I'm like, God, I don't want to be the bad news messenger. No, you go over there and tell them what I told you. You see, when God is in control of our life, you'll say what you're supposed to, to who you're supposed to say it to, and you'll shut your mouth, and you'll trust Jesus, and as bad as you want to tell them what you think, you'll just say, bless your heart. No, you won't. (laughs) Y'all know what that means. That's a nice way of getting back at them you'll say how can i bless you how can i help you You know what the bible says love your enemies bless your enemies and friends we're never going to win the lost americans who have taken satan's lie and embraced the progressive liberal lifestyle that america affords them to have a right to choose if we keep condemning them telling them what all's wrong with them when we ought to be telling them about jesus now i'm not saying i agree with them lord knows i hate their platform i don't stand for anything they promote except this i once was one of them may have not been that bad at some but i was as bad enough i would have went to hell and i don't care how far left you go i don't care how progressive you get I don't care how jacked up your agenda is. Your politics is no reason to go to hell. People aren't in hell today because of bad politics. People are in hell today because they haven't met Jesus. And there's a lot of people who's been converted, my friend, who used to believe Satan's lie and want the American lie, and now they live for Jesus because they saved. They got saved. That's what we're here to do, to love people, to tell people. You know, he says that the greatest commandment... The first commandment is to love God with all our heart. Love our fellow man like we love ourselves. And friends, I'm a firm believer that Paul was a man who, if anyone, was speaking with unbelievable wisdom. It was Paul. Look at what he says in the next chapter over in chapter 13. This is what he tells us about loving our neighbor as ourself. In chapter 13, that's just one over, so you can do it. You don't need the machine to do it for you. If you got a Bible, well, I like to hear them pages flip like Brother Dennis says. Look at verse 8. Owe no one anything except love one another. Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. That's why it's the greatest and he says, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, that would include sharing your faith. That would include going and be a soul winner. That would include loving the lost. are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Guys, it doesn't do us any good to come and learn how to share your faith and learn a, a gospel presentation. To learn how to biblically look at your testimony and make a, and be able to set up a biblical witness, which we're going to teach all this stuff. If you don't love your neighbor, if your love is full of hypocrisy, if you only love those who love you. The message will never have power to change hearts like it should. But when we love God and we love our neighbor and we speak the wonderful gospel, it has power, my friend. See, that's what the Bible says. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. Do you know the biggest hindrance to presenting the gospel is us? It's not the lost people. I've come to find that most people you witness to will listen when you do it, led by the Spirit, in the love of Christ, and you present it in the truth from His Word. There may be a few, but most, the Holy Spirit's already at work. He's already gone ahead if He led you there, and He's already knocking on that door. You're just helping God to come in. And friends, that is a privilege, an honor, the joy of all joys to be involved in the greatest thing you can ever be involved in on the face of the earth. Never thought I might say this, Brother David or Brother Robert, but there ain't nothing like catching men for Jesus. A limit of two pounders can't compare to one person who sheds that tear, bows that head, and says, Jesus, will you save me? It's worth it. So I want to encourage us this week that we're going to have a wonderful month. God's going to use us. He's going to take everybody in here, if you're willing and you love him, and you'll love others for your glory and for our benefit to make a difference in a lost and dying world who needs a lot and a lot of Jesus. This morning, I would imagine someone in here It's probably undone. You're not really saved. You got knowledge. You know about Jesus. But you've never humbled yourself to the point of repentance. And wholeheartedly turned to Jesus. Now friends all I can tell you. Is that the Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved it is the power of God. And the reason we can say that is it changed our life. You see, every one of us who has been saved has a biblical testimony, and I'm going to teach you that. You can look at the life of Paul in the book of Acts. You can see Paul when he was still Saul, the Pharisee, and you can see his old life, and he tells it in all three occasions when his testimony is shared how he was before he met Christ. And then he shares three times How and where he met Christ on the Damascus Road when Jesus revealed himself to him. And if you ain't never had that happen, you ain't saved. Jesus has to take away the scales. He has to remove the binders. He opens the eyes and takes them and helps them see. And when he does that, oh man, it's a new day. (laughs) Nothing's the same ever again. And so you can share where you were and how things were right quick when you met Jesus. And then you can say, and now since the day I met him, I believed the message of the cross. I trusted the gospel that Jesus died for me, that he rose again, and now he lives for me to help me, and he lives in me. And this is how I am now. And you can share mine. I can give it to you. Before I met Jesus, I was a drunkard, a drughead. I was such a selfish person. It was all about me that I ruined the best thing I ever had on this face of earth. I ruined my marriage with my wife. We was going through a divorce. We was in the process of a divorce. When Diane went to church and got saved. And she come to me and said, the problem wasn't you. The problem is we didn't have Jesus. Would you come to church with me? Well, I'll go to church if I can get her back. So I went to church with Marvin's plan. I'll get Diane back. But, guy, I'd had another plan. It was a man preaching the gospel in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I got under conviction. But I seen in her something I'd never seen before. She loved me for me. And I got saved. And within a year, God called me to preach. And my life ain't like it used to be. You can refute that gospel, but you can't refute that I am a new animal. Amen. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. A lot more new things need to pass away. But I'm still thankful new things are happening. Amen. That's what Jesus does. That's what we need to tell people. No matter how far you are from God today, my lost sinner friend, God came all the way here. He went all the way up Calvary's Hill. He hung an agonizing death. And shed his blood and gave his life. For today, a sinner like you could be saved. And I'm offering you the greatest gift that is in all of the earth. The gift to come to Christ and be saved and forgiven of your sins. If you're humble enough to say, I need to be saved. And honest enough to say, I'm a sinner. Jesus will save you. So I'm going to ask you today. To come forward. You're not coming to me. You're not coming to a Baptist church. You're not coming to join up with a religious organization. You're coming to a Savior named Jesus Christ to give your life to him because he gave his life for you. And if he went up the hill for you to die on the cross, certainly you ought to be able to walk an aisle for him if he's he's dealing with you. So today, don't leave here. Hell's hungry for you. The devil's after you. And he's gonna catch you sooner or later unless you give your life to Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Don't let the, the grace of God be in vain. Take advantage of what the God is doing. He's calling you out of darkness into his light. You, the devil's telling you, you can't do it. You can't change. He's telling you a half-truth. You can't change. But he won't tell you the whole truth. Jesus will change you. Jesus will recreate you. He'll give you new life. Today, if you'll step out to Christ, Christ will step up to you, and he'll lead you every other step for the rest of your life if you follow Him. And I believe with all my heart today, God's been burdening me so much that there's people here that need to be saved. When you save this earth, religion will not be mentioned. Where you went to church, where did you go? It's going to be who did you know, and did he know you? So we're going to stand, and I'm going to invite you, all sinner friend, to step out and come to Jesus this morning. But I'm going to ask everybody else to make another commitment. You've already come. Now I'm asking you to go. And if you're willing to go and stand for Jesus, I'm going to ask some of you to come up here and make a commitment. Say, Lord, give me a burden for souls. Lord, anoint me. Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. Use our church. They're everywhere. They're lost. And they can't find their way home without a guide. And we need to be that guide to go and help them to get to Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to come today and kneel at the altar of grace and say, Lord, here I am. If you want to use me, I'm going. He'll do it. But I'm going to ask you to come back tonight and the next night. Come back when Kyle's here. And I promise you at the end of the month, we'll be able to go and represent the Lord and be his ambassador and share. So I'm going to ask those who are lost, if you need to come, come right now as we sing Those of us who want to be a soul winner, I'm going to ask you to just ask God to come and use you. Father in heaven, as we prepare, I pray for the one whose heart is troubled. Because you're knocking on that door and he knows you want in. I pray today that you would bind the devil. You would take away his lies and that he would humble himself and come to you today and let you, Lord, save him. And I pray he'll come forward. As soon as we start singing that he'll not waste time, he'll come to the Savior. And he'll walk that aisle for your glory. And Lord, I pray for everybody in this room that they'll quit making excuses. They'll quit trying to justify their disobedience. And they'll say, Lord, I love you and I want to keep your commandments. I want to be a soul winner. Help us to do that today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is calling. I hear the Savior.